This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It it's bittersweet. He's a great represent representative of the university, but it is very bittersweet to see him constantly knowing that we had that and he did the things he's doing in the NFL at tech, and it still didn't matter. We still didn't win shit. So it, being a tech fan blows sometimes, and and by sometimes I mean almost <laughs> always, and it continues to suck lately. These are the tales of college football past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off field moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college football stories. I'm Michael Macon. I'm going to tell you about the Patrick Mahomes era at Texas Tech. Um, it's one of the more fun eras of being a Tech fan. If you're not going to win, might as well enjoy watching the show crash. Uh, we're going to start, <laughs> I guess we'll start with him not being the starter, which is the 2014 season. Um, he's backing up Davis Webb, which is kind of funny to think about now, considering how their careers have kind of gone. But at the time, it wasn't a controversy. You know, Mahomes wasn't unheralded but he wasn't a guy anybody was expecting to be the man at tech yet uh he came in i believe he was a three-star there was some i if anything i would guess there was probably a little bit more hype around him being with the baseball team than football team davis webb was an established starter and there was no question it was going to be his year so he come we weren't even really expecting to see him and then you get the to the to oklahoma state game at this stage, Tech has been pounded by Arkansas the previous week, and that, that unraveled any any hope anybody had that this would be a decent year, watching Arkansas just run it left and right with the Brett Bielma special, which is the least creative offense in, in all of offensive history. They just pounded us to death. Davis Webb gets hurt late in the Oklahoma State game. Um, Mahomes checks in, and what I remember most distinctly about that game is there was the sense that the kid wasn't the moment was too big for him. That much was apparent. I mean, it was his first start. I think at the time he was a true freshman. Uh, it, he didn't look ready. The The whole sideline looked concerned. I mean, the, Davis Webb was a guy at Tech. I mean, he there people loved him. He was very talented. To lose him like that, as early as we did with the season going, how it looked like it was going to go, was a big sign. The game was still up for grabs. Mahomes came in and... It wasn't awful, but there is one thing out of this game that lives on in infamy, and it is, you probably seen the gif, it's like the quadruple face pop. He throws, I think, one of his picks, and the entire tech sideline, from the water girl to Cliff to Davis Webb, all you see all of them do is this. All of them. And it's it's everywhere. I see it all the time with tech sports, because unfortunately, we have a lot of face palm moments, but that's, that's the biggest thing to take out of this. Um... He ends up taking over the starting job towards the end of the year. This season went really badly. This was an all-around bad team. He played for some tech teams that were okay. 
He played for some tech teams that were not. This was a very, very bad tech team, maybe one of the worst in the last 15, 20 years. They were awful. Um, it started when they could barely knock off Central Arkansas, and it got worse. But he comes in to start the back end of the year, and the only thing that – he gets a win over Iowa State, but who cares? It's Iowa State. This is well before they're worth a damn. But he comes in against Baylor, and this is a very, very good Baylor team, um, one of the better Art Bryles teams, and he puts on a show. And I think at this moment, there's not a sense that he's destined for greatness or anything like as dramatic, but there is the sense that this kid can start at Texas Tech. I mean, we're going to go into the offseason. He's going to be maybe not the front runner, but he's going to be an early favorite in a way to, to, to be the starter. And a lot of Tech fans, I think after Baylor was when a lot of guys, the camp started to form. And that was when a lot of people said, you know, he needs to start for us. Um, he, he needs to be the guy. And it, it wasn't, like I said, uh, like I'll say a couple times in 2015 during his run, what is so surprising about it is he was not an, the anointed heir of the air raid. You know, this is Cliff's third season at Tech, I want to say, is 2015. So going into this year, there was still a lot of uncertainty around, or there was still a lot of energy around Cliff, but Mahomes wasn't anointed. It's the Baylor game that I think did it for people where they said, uh, you know, this guy could be the next air raid quarterback. Well, nobody asked yet, but uh, what are you drinking with your crazy <laughs> drinking tonight? All right, so I'm going to start. I started with a, a a stupid little margarita thing, just one of those pre-bought ones. But what I'm going to now is this is a Belgian Lambic beer. It's raspberry flavored, and it is somewhere between not quite wine and not quite beer, and it's... It's delicious. And then after this, I'm going to just play around with what we got in the fridge. We got all kinds of stuff. May mix it up, go with, with like true Jamaican rum, got some gin, all kinds of fun stuff. Got something called a peach chiller, which I'm curious to try. Um, the, 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 I try to keep the menu as varied as possible for the evening. <laughs> the Lindemann's Frambois. I saw that on the, the label there. Yeah, that that beer is a naturally fermented beer, and so it got it has some sour notes to it, and that's kind of how the uh, fruit parts of the Frambois, and there's a few other ones that are, you know, there's the Pesh, which is peach in the same type of beer, but they ended up putting fruit puree in those because they tasted like garbage most of the time, so they were just trying <laughs> to make it edible. I, I'm a big believer in it. I like the sour. It's not for not everybody's a big fan of you know your sour beers, but if I'm going to drink it, I pretty much it's got to exclusively be a sour beer. Nice. And we get to 2015, and he more or less explodes onto the scene. I mean, it, it, he was phenomenal in these early games. I think actually, um, it's Sam Houston State. There is a he goes on. When he goes pro, he goes on to the uh, the the uh, the Gruden QB room, whatever. And I think it's the it's either Sam Houston State or UTEP, where there is a throw where he's rolling. And I think it was Sam Houston State because I remember them wearing orange. He's rolling right, or excuse me, left, and he throws back across his body like thirty yards downfield. And I remember the only this game, it was hot as hell. This is the first game I went to in my college career. It's a hundred degrees. There are people passing out in the stands. My wife went to this one game and never went back because of how awful the watching experience was. <laughs> we were there two hours early. It was the middle of the day. It was awful. I, if this was the, one of the hottest days of I had with had in Lubbock, and it all coincided to a shitstorm where at halftime we bailed. 
because of how just brutally hot it was. But I think it was right before half he makes his throw, and Gruden, at the time of the QB room, I remember him talking about it, and one of the things he said was that was the greatest throw he's ever seen a quarterback make, ever. And it was, it's around Arkansas, as we head into Arkansas, which is the first real test of this year, that we find out that this kid's a, a lot better than just a one-trick pony. He can do do it all. And then this is the game where afterwards Cliff says uh, to about Bioma, well, uh, because Bioma in the offseason had said that the air raid was a joke, basically, that spread offenses were nonsense and had talked a lot of trash about the concept of these offenses to high school coaches in Texas. And Cliff basically said he got his ass beat this today and he's going to get his ass beat next week when they go play A&M. And uh, there was a lot of bad blood leading into this game because the coaches are clearly that was the most animated Cliff was his entire time at Tech was this this post game. I mean, he there was clear the coaches weren't getting along. The teams didn't like each other. Arkansas had beaten up on us and they they diced up this team. I mean, Mahomes was phenomenal. Uh, it was a fun game. The offense was rolling. There was a lot of good town on this team. This is a. Uh, Jakeem Grant, he's throwing to. That's the the big receiver that this year. Uh, uh, DeAndre Washington, who's had a decent career as an NFL backup running back. This was a very good offense of all the teams Mahomes played for. This was the most well rounded, except for the fact they were still god awful defensively. I mean, they were still pretty bad, but not. They weren't <laughs> apocalyptically bad, which is a distinction you shouldn't think to make, but you have to because he played for apocalyptically bad defenses. Um, I think this defense rated out near the bottom of the nation, but wasn't quite the bottom. So that that's a win, and you'll take it if you're him. But um, this, but at this point, Tech is top twenty-five light. They're like that and receiving votes category. Um, after Arkansas, they're heading into TCU. This was a huge home game. This was a game everybody was invested in. It was wasn't a night game. Unfortunately, he didn't get a lot of those in Lubbock. Um, during his career, there just weren't that many scheduled at night. The Arkansas game was away. This one was home, but you get it at 3.30. Um, this was a game, I mean, nobody knew what to think yet about this Tech team. Uh, we knew Mahomes was good. We knew he was special at this point. There was no doubt he was one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. But there was a question about how good the teams is around him. And the TCU game was a war. I mean, it was, it was an all-out war in this game. He was, it was, Trayvon Boykin was... All over the place. To be honest, Tech looked better than TCU for a lot of this night, but um, this catch, the tip catch is how this game ends. Uh, Mahomes does everything he can to win this game for Tech. They go back and forth. It was a battle of two great quarterbacks playing their best on a very fun night. The crowd was electric. This was, of all the games I was in for Lubbock, this was the most electric environment. They, I mean, the Baker Mayfield scenario showdown coming up later has all the hype, but this in terms of the moment was the biggest game I had got to participate into in Lubbock. It was a ton of fun. I mean, he. this is one of those games where they couldn't cover anything Tech wanted to do. I mean, he threw all over the yard. He'd show it off a cannon. I mean, and to lose the tip catch with uh, Trayvon Boykin and fourth and goal rolling, the play breaks down. I don't know if it was a bad design or what happened, but it broke down completely. It was a busted play. He just chucks it towards the back of the end zone and – he never thought anybody was going to catch it. It was a bad ball. He threw it high and behind his intended receiver. And to have it fall near a TCU player is the most unfair thing to ever happen to Mahomes' career. This should have been a win. If he drops it, it's over. 
And to lose that way was heartbreaking for all of us. It was really heartbreaking for the city and for the university. Because I think, well, this team didn't end up being great. At this moment in time, it looked like they could be. And in particular, Mahomes looked like he could be great. Um, there was something special about him. The university was already starting to feel that this was this was a you know in the NFL a franchise quarterbacks in college you have your 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 campus kings or you know big man on campus this he was the guy in the city at this point uh, he he had won everybody over if you ever heard him talk he has a goofy voice he's a very nice kid and he, everybody loved him and was starting to buy this team and people wanted Cliff to win we thought this was going to be the year he earned his extension um, this was the year that I think people felt like. He's got the guys. Mahomes is going to do it for him. And losing that TCU game took the wind out of their sails um, in a big way. Uh, I think that that hurt more than anything was losing that game. Took a lot of momentum out and really, I don't know. It really, it just, it's, it, it made things a lot harder this season for the, the entire team. And it, I think it ruined a chance they had to be great. Then they get beat the next week against Baylor they recover and they beat uh, Iowa State and Kansas. Oddly enough, Kansas seemed to be a problem for Tech during these the Cliff era. They had a hard That's time. That's <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not good. But that thirty to twenty win, I remember that game. It's just they had a hard time putting them away. I don't know what the hell it was. If it was a, uh, I don't know. I think this is David Betty's team, so if he had a per- personal grudge against Tech or what the deal was. But they seemed to struggle and they did not look amazing after that game and then uh, you get thumped by Oklahoma and Oklahoma State pretty sanely but you can see these scores at this point I mean they're losing they're losing games and they never lose a game this year where the opposing team doesn't score over 30 and in most of their losses they're near the 60 mark I mean this is how bad the team was around Mahomes defensively and that's the biggest thing to take away from the Mahomes era at Texas Tech was it was a criminal waste of offensive talent this offense was all that in a bag of chips. They were good at everything. They sent a thousand yard rusher, amazing NFL talent and receiving core, an okay offensive line, one of the better ones he had um, in tech. And then that defense was just a letdown. I mean, it's a waste. And Cliff is fired almost entirely because of his inability to uh, field good defenses. But it defines the Mahomes era, is that the defenses were so bad around him. Because I think there's a sense that it was easy. For Sorry, you can go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I was looking at that last page of the script, and uh, it made me wonder, why does Patrick Mahomes put so much ketchup on his steaks? <laughs> Man, I think that I, he's like a big kid. I mean, if you, especially if you look at like his early NFL interviews, he's kind of a goober. I mean, there's stories about he's afraid, he was afraid of dogs, like deathly afraid of dogs. <laughs> now he has the two pit bulls, but there were guys who were like, um, <laughs> it was an article put out about him, and they interviewed some of his former tech teammates, and they talked about like he, the guy had, wasn't a big dog, medium-sized dog, Beagle or some nonsense. Mahomes was like, yo, that dog can't be anywhere near me. The ketchup on the steak <laughs> is a long line of, he's just a goober, man. I think that's why people want him to win so much and liked him so much in Lubbock is he's he's not a superstar superstar he's very much he's just a dude he's he was a college kid I mean there's videos you can find of him when he first came to tech and he looks like a little nerd I mean even if you see him now he's kind of chubby he doesn't look super athletic not exactly like the bulkiest athlete but he's got he's got it all going for him on the field and it 
it makes him more lovable that he's not like per he doesn't scream you know the manicured perfection that is like tom brady or aaron Rodgers, who everybody thinks is kind of a dick and you know the, the, he's just he seems like what happens if we give half a billion dollars to like a 25 year old is what you get with Mahomes, and that's <laughs> and he's been that way since college he's just a good dude and he was it made it fun to root for him you know i would have had it hard to root for a guy like johnny manzel Oh, I would have yeah. loved to win because I want to win, but guys like that, it's hard to be like, man, that kid's an ass. But you know, we won a football game for Mahomes. You just you didn't have any of that. He was he always has been little nerdy, little goofy, but a lot of fun, and that makes him perfect for Lubbock, a city a lot of people don't think much of. And it it was good to get a guy like him because you know, Cliff was liked in Lubbock, but when the losing starts to pile up, it turned pretty fast on him, and it was a hard relationship, so it was nice to be able to counterbalance that with a guy that everybody universally likes, and, you know, nobody ever says anything bad about Mahomes, but the ketchup on the steak is a black eye. I mean, he wastes, <laughs> I don't know how much good beef he's wasted in his lifetime, but it's, it's criminal, and I'm not saying the NFL should step in and investigate, but it may be worth doing so at some point. <laughs> Do you think no, no, that's ever... beef capital of the world out there, West Texas? And he's and it's, there, it's, putting... there, there might have been some talk. <laughs> Do you think he ever went to the Chili's, the uh, Lubbock Chili's? Dude, man, I would think so. I mean, I don't know. Guys like him, you never heard or saw anywhere after a certain point. But that I'm not kidding. That Chili's right next to campus, There were that was where a lot of, like, crazy shit happened. So, you know, I, I knew friends who... We're not the wildest of people who got into bar fights at that Chili's. So it was it was so strategically located. I feel like he made an appearance. But um, what's your favorite type of margarita that they sell at Chili's? I don't know. I don't drink a lot of margs at restaurants. I'm the kind of guy if I'm going to drink, I'm drinking to get hammered. So I'm not I'm not usually you know, oh let's have a drink with dinner. It's Oh, we're going out tonight. All right, let's start about five, and we'll be good to go by about seven, and then we're gonna keep going. Right. Like over New Year's Eve, I must have had twenty to thirty drinks across the span of the <laughs> evening. I was hurting the next day. That was rough. But I don't. I usually just don't drink casually. It's got to be all or nothing. What are you drinking all or nothing tonight? I'm all over the board. I rated the liquor cabinet, but I'm starting with a Jamaican rum and coke. Nice. My brother got it for me for my birth uh, for Christmas. So I'm, I'm gonna break into it. It's it's strong to put it to put it lightly, but it's tasty. So, all right. So when I'm doing a rum and coke, uh, my ratio is rum, and then I go and get that nice bottle of coke, and I go, all right, I got a little splash of coke on the top. That's my my ratio. How do you like your rum and cokes? I make my drinks strong, but it's not necessarily because the ratio is bad. It's more like I believe in things should be even. I'll pour half a glass. You know, I'll get a tall glass. For half of it's going to be rum, and then about a half of it's going to be coke. So you know it's three or four shots of drink, but it's it's at least not just drinking gasoline on on a on a Friday night. But I I drink I'm I'm a pretty if I'm going to drink I got to drink a lot to get drunk. So I I believe very much that the concept of double is not good enough. So we should start with triple and we go from there. Yeah, rum is uh is such a danger to me. I decided that when I was in college, I should probably stay away from rum because 
I couldn't tell the difference between the rum or the Coke. It was like, oh, it's a Coke, it's a rum. <laughs> I got in trouble. Good. I get into trouble with uh with Malibu rum, which people give me crap for all the time because it's just <laughs> it's pure sugar, and I'll mix that with Dr Pepper. And you want to talk about a drink that can get you hurt fast? There, I will drink very few alcohols to straight and sip them and be happy. But Malibu's just liquid sugar, so I can just drink that as much as you put in my hand, and that that can get me into some some trouble very, very fast. And I drink a lot of that in college. Your Malibu rum's still better than ketchup on the steak. So you're okay. <laughs> yeah, no, ketchup on the steak is, is borderline a war crime. I don't get, see, that, that's not even, like, does that start, does the mom do it? I don't know how you get to ketchup on a steak. I just can't like rationalize my way there. Just don't eat the steak, man. It's okay. You don't have to like steak. It's fine. I really, I really hope he goes back to love it. Goes to the fifty dollars steakhouse and does it. You know, he orders you know forty seven dollar prime rib or you know, New York tenderloin, some massive steak, and he puts it on his plate and he has to act, he has to look the waiter in the eye and be like, "Bring me a bottle of ketchup so I can put that on this." Because I, I think everyone in the restaurant will love that Mahomes is there, but also at the same time not want to be seen anywhere near that table because, like, holy <laughs> shit, well, that would be just hard to watch. The, at the restaurant where the you have to be able to rub two nickels together or else you can't afford to be there, right? That's that, that's the one. Uh, I never went. My, old, my younger brother was taken there. I was not going to spend the money on a steak considering my wife won't really eat steak, but... Um, if I'm going to go, if he goes, cause I'm sure he's eating at some, with the amount of money he makes now, I'm sure he's eating at some top of tier steakhouses. I really hope that there, that there's some, there's a moment where he has to like explain what he's doing to, you know, a guy who just spent <laughs> 30 minutes cooking up his steak for him. And it's a 25 to $50 steak. And he's got to explain, I'm going to kill this. It's just going to die. It's going to be disgusting. You're all going to hate it. But I'm going to do it anyways. Cause you're not going to tell me no. Uh, all right. There's some so, good steakhouses in KC too, so he's got a. Oh he's yeah. Insult oh, some I'm people. sure he's made some friends. I think he's made some friends amongst the dining establishment with that activity. You know, but if you're gonna win some Super Bowls and stuff, then I guess that's okay. Oh yeah, I'm sure nobody ever says a word. I'm sure it's perfect. Nobody, everybody's just looks the other way and just says, you know what? If this is his vice. At least he's not doing cocaine. You know, we'll, we'll live with that. <laughs> <laughs> So if we if we head back to 2015, let's have this segment where Texas Tech and Oklahoma are friends, and in 2015 you guys beat Texas to your, I guess your last win of the regular season to beat Texas. How how does that as a, as a fan? What does that mean to beat the, what, you know the school in Texas, the school that puts all the money into football and. Patrick Mahomes comes in there, runs up and down the field on you guys. It means a lot. I mean, it there it depends to the degree that you can wrap your head around to how much a lot of the schools in Texas don't like each other. Um, now, I'm of the belief that Tech doesn't have a real rival. There have been a few who get close, but I I'm what I call an equal opportunity hater. I hate everyone we play <laughs> the same amount all the time because we don't play the schools that I truly hate with passion. But beating Texas in Austin is hard to do. It, it Even when they're bad, it's hard to do. Their fans suck, the whole thing. But it, there's something about trying to go into the state capitol and win. 
and in particular for tech, it's just not a thing we do. We've we've been the little brother. We've had a lot better success against AM. We've had a lot better success against TCU and Baylor. Against Texas, Tech has really, really struggled to get wins and to go into Austin and win that game. Um, it is Cliff doesn't win many marquee games in his tenure, and Mahomes doesn't win many marquee games in his tenure. This was a big one. This is a notable one. This is one that was held up as one of the reasons Kingsbury survived as long as he did, was this win in Austin. Um, the wins in Austin, more or less the only reason Kingsbury, I mean, he saves his job on a win later on in his career. But this is the game where the score is pretty close at the end, but Tech was in control for a lot of this game. They looked a better team. Um, I don't remember much about this Texas team. I do remember there was a, a play in this game that comes up every every time Texas go, or Tech goes back to Austin, and it's the little man big world play where uh, Jakeem Grant crouches down, they fake a kneel, which how Texas bid on this, I'll never understand because there's like four minutes left in the game. It's not at all the scenario in which you run a kneel. Like you're not kneeling out the clock yet, guys. But they do a little fake kneel, and Jakeem Grant, who is one of the faster football players in the nation, is crouched down behind uh, the line, and he takes the direct snap. They run a little fake kneel, and he, he takes it to the house, and that is the game-winning touchdown that ends up sealing the game. And that's what everybody remembers, but that was awesome. It was an awesome moment, and I think Mahomes deserved it. He doesn't get to win much at Tech because of what happened around him. But this was, they're already going to a bowl game. They're, you're still evaluating what kind of bowl game you're going to. This was a win that he made his mark on Tech other than being, you know, what considered a wasted talent uh, with this win. This is one that everybody remembers and, you know, Tech would make it two straight on their return to Trip in Austin after he was gone. And he, this is what started a lot of the belief in Lubbock that, you know, we can get back to being, at least for one night, there was the belief, we can get back to being the team that beats people we shouldn't. You know, we can get back to the Mike Leach era where you're going to beat some, somebody in their house that you shouldn't have, and you're going to lose a game you shouldn't have, but it all work out okay. And this defines... The year because beating Texas is a huge deal and it can't be understated. Now they sucked for a lot of the Mahomes era. They were not very good and they still aren't very good. And I don't know when they'll be good again, but it was a big deal and it it is one of the reasons you know Cliff Kingsbury had signed this massive extension after his first season. It's one of the reasons he got to stay around for the long as he did is just getting this W and for Mahomes. I don't know if anybody's ever asked him, but I'd have to bet if you asked him, he'd consider this the best win of his career. And uh, which sucks because he played, he was in a lot of games and he had chances to win a lot more. But I think sadly, a win over an unranked Texas team probably was the best best win of his career. And it it led to a really fun off uh, pre bowl season. You know, we're coming into that LSU game, but mm -hmm. there's something special about being Texas at Austin. They have a special arrogance about being in Austin. They have a special arrogance of unbeatability there. Nobody has a winning record against them in Austin. Um, Tech hadn't done it in forever in a day when this happened. I mean, I don't know if they'd ever, if they'd won more than once in Austin. So to get this win, it was a big deal. And it Mahomes is remembered more for what didn't happen than what did. But if you're going to talk about his actual tangible impacts on the university, the biggest thing besides his greatness in the NFL is going to be starting the trend that you can go in Austin and win. Um, it was a it was a fun night. It was a 
it was an all-around fun game. They didn't see it coming. No, I don't think Tech fans really believe they would get them, and it it's fun. Tech, nobody, there are no almost no worse fans in college football than Texas fans. The most undeserved arrogance. Most of them weren't alive the last time Texas was, you know, worth it. Most of their younger fans, in particular, just they were like eight when Vince Young won a national title or whatever the hell. You know, these the, it, there's an arrogance around that program that exists no matter how they're doing. So to beat them in their house is always fun because well, now they take it very personally. I was going to say now, if you want to be a Texas fan and remember when you were good, you just go be a North Carolina fan because that's why they were good for a decade is because Mac Brown is an amazing football coach. Yeah. They get to go root for somebody else and claim it as a win or do what they're doing with Sarkeesian where we, we, our new coach has coached, all these national titles and uh, and Heisman Trophy winners, like yeah, but where did he do that, guys? Because it, I can tell you, it wasn't. It probably won't be Texas if I if I'm betting money. But they're 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 that program's a special arrogant, and there is something about the Texas schools beating them. They hate the fact that schools like Baylor and TCU have been able to beat them as often as they have, and mm-hmm. they really don't like when Tech does it either. Um, I'm not one of the tech fans who hates Texas as much as some. You will meet some guys who despise Texas, where they, um, that that's the school more than anything else. For whatever reason, they can't stand them. I'm not usually one of them because I was raised to root against to root for Texas. But I even enjoy winning in Austin more than most. If you're gonna do it, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing really sad, angry, drunk Longhorn fans. It's just it's a special kind of uh, of a uh, victory to get that done. Well, I was uh, just looking at the last page on the show script and and what you were just talking about reminded me of, uh, you know, Texas Tech in Texas Tech. Their fans have also had some tough reputations. So I was curious, what uh, quantity and size of batteries do you like to throw at opposing fans when they come to town? Now, the battery thing didn't happen, but I will say there were two <laughs> Just like times in Philly, I right? I know at least once <laughs> that they threw water bottles at a guy because I watched them do it to Baker Mayfield. I sat in the student section. Now, they weren't full. They were empty. He got splashed. Wham. But Kerry Patterson blew the... <laughs> so if you want to talk about guys that every Tech fan hates universally, Gary Patterson's the top of the list, and it's because... He never let it go that one year somebody splashed him. Never let it go. <laughs> Every year we play TCU at home, we have to hear they were throwing ice and shooting at us and somebody stabbed a guy. And it, it, it's out of hand. Where the reputation comes from is, yes, did Tech throw the goalpost into the A&M student uh, visitor section? And did their chancellor get punched by another Aggie at that? Yes, that happened. That was a thing that's occurred. We've fought with people in the past, but... Uh, I only ever, I saw water bottles. I never saw anything worse. And I, nobody's dumb enough to throw batteries, but I did see people throw stuff at Baker. And I hope people were throwing stuff at Gary Patterson because he deserves it. If you're going to talk shit, you should have stuff thrown at you. (laughs) Didn't they throw tortillas at Baker and he ate them? Isn't that that game? Oh, probably. The tortillas are 100% get thrown. So I'm pretty sure it was the return trip when he did that. (laughs) <laughs> the tortillas happen, they're as, as numerous as you'd think. If you watch on TV, it's even understated because they don't usually show. Uh, you usually see them fall, but it's hard to see them in the crowd. And what's funny is that is despite 
tech going to decent lengths to cut that out. Their <laughs> police will stop you if they think you have it. And I've seen people had it confiscated and thrown out of games, but um, we the tech fans don't have the best reputation. Some of it's deserved. Some of it isn't. Um, I remember the funnest coach when it came to fan heckling. There were two instances. Dana Holgerson lost his mind because tech students were heckling him. I mean, he was screaming at somebody at the bench. So tech students started clapping and they started yelling, like, get him, Dana. And so then Dana starts screaming into the student section. And this guy had a mount. He's on like his 18th Red Bull of the day. I mean, he's just red. He's throwing his headset. They're winning the game like a lot too. I mean, this, this is the Mahomes era. We didn't, we didn't compete with West Virginia that year. And the, he's losing his mind. The only other time is I remember Texas players when they came to Lubbock, um, were really responsive to guys heckling them. Because uh, you saw some who were good-natured about it. There was a kid, he was a clipboard guy. All he did was he hold up the offensive clipboard. And every time he raised the clipboard up, people would clap, like, really loudly. So he started going, uh, and then he'd pull it down real fast. and go, up, uh, and then pull it down real fast. But Texas players took it personally and were not particularly pleased with some of the, the heckling thrown their way. But we had fun with it. Um, well, Texas we complained this year that their that logo got held upside down. It was ridiculous. How could that possibly happen in a rivalry game? We'll just give two personal fouls for it. Oh, there, there is a special place in hell for people who take that personally. Who Anybody who thinks that the horn's upside down, because it's real. If you play Texas, they 100%, they believe it to the fiber of their being. That is, that is an affront to the, the game of football and sportsmanship and and blow me. It's not that big of a deal and it's not <laughs> even that mean spirited. But they they take it. This year in particular, Alan Bowman threw the horns down, Tech ends up choking the game. And that picture was everywhere with them coming after this kid. And it's like it's not one, it's a game. It's not that serious. And number two, that's the least offensive hand sign thrown at Texas that day. I guarantee it. I guarantee that that was the least defensive hand sign that was thrown that day. But, you know, some of the reputations earned and some of it has outlived me. It's from the before times, but we never hurt anybody, though I do. I will 100% admit, at least when it comes to the Baker Mayfield stories, I watch people throw stuff at him. I watched that happen. He deserved it, but he got wet. Eh, it could have been worse. <laughs> Baker lived for that. He lives for it now. He loves it. He's one of those athletes yeah, he that... he thrived off of it. I think he had yeah. fun with it. I don't think anybody did anything while I was there that was meant to actually hurt anybody. Did we... Was the crowd out of line on occasion? A couple times, but to be honest, we were so bad when I was there that there just weren't many crowds that were that electric to get problems. There were fights in the crowd. You had drunk frat kids who fought amongst themselves like morons, but we never... Gary Patterson is the worst about that, that Tech fans are, like, assassinating players in the field. Their baseball team does it, too. TCU baseball never got over getting splashed during the uh, – Tech celebrated a home run by throwing water, and one of the dance girls got water on her, and that was all TCU fans remember from that, that particular weekend. So TCU is the one who pushed that now, hilariously enough, which is just kind of weird to think about, but they're the ones who – they want everybody to know that they don't like tech fans. <laughs> well, they really don't like Baylor, so you know they've got no. That, that that rivalry is funny to watch. I, I think that's 
of all the things that have come out of Baylor getting better for a while, the only good thing was that the TCU rivalry became a real must-watch television. Nothing else good came out of the Art Briles era, but we got that at least. Nothing else. There's not any good thing that came out of that. Nobody likes that Baylor win was winning more than anything, as much as anything else. But at least that rivalry really like surfaced, and they can they can finally hate each other to to the degree that a lot of people hate them. You know, you need to you need to be able to share that hate with somebody. Right. Yeah, I had a fun time when I was down there at the Baylor game, and um, we used to have a good old time at the tailgates, having some fun. And fans were great, and then they got good, and there was a point where RG3 was, uh, you know, the guy. And so the refs gave him a – the refs gave Oklahoma a roughing the passer penalty, and it was garbage. It was one of those, like, what, what are you doing? And I, I booed, and somebody turned around in the crowd and called me a skinhead. Like, I'm bald. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I – I will admit that if I was around opposing fans, okay, so I'm actually not that obnoxious to opposing fans, but I swear a lot. So families do not want me sitting near them. Because I remember I the two times at Tech, I sat near my parents. I have a problem with football games with saying cuss words, and both times a dad turned around and was standing there with his little kid and like had to tell me to stop. And I felt bad a little. I mean, it's a football game. Get over it. You know, Wear earmuffs your, for your four-year-old, but a little bit. But that um, I saw the the funniest was it was Texas. There was a kid in the student section, so he was a tech student. He had an ID, but he was decked out in all burnt orange. I've never seen. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't care if your parents went to Texas. It made no sense to me. I've never seen a group of people hate anybody more than I saw this one kid hated by an entire tech student section. They tried to get him thrown out of the game and couldn't because he had an ID. But uh, it was I, some of our reputation was earned, some of it wasn't. But, you know, we I, I don't think we were the worst. I I saw bad behavior, but a lot of it was just drunk college kids amongst themselves causing problems. Which is to me to to be fair, we lost a lot at home. I needed something to watch, and that was more fun to watch on times than what was going on on any particular Saturday was. Drunk frat boy one punched drunk frat kid two, and there's now a brawl in the student section, which happened far more often than you know you can be proud to admit happened. But all right, so, so I was just uh, looking at the last page of the show script, and it reminded me. You said you lived in Norman for a little bit. Where'd you live at, in Norman? We lived. You know what was the name of the? You know where Noble is? Yeah. We lived way out up there. We lived like on the outer limits past the university of what is considered Norman. And we lived there for five years. Um, I went to school. My dad's company moved in there. He actually worked in Oklahoma City, but he wanted to have land. And this was the best spot for us. So we went to school and stuff in Norman and we lived on 80 acres and we would go to church at St. Thomas More, which is right there on campus. And uh, that was fun. I, I so loved, is it Norman technically was noble? Or was it Norman? It was technically Norman. I think we, we were literally the city limit. The, our, the back end of our property was the line between us and the awesome. next little township. Yeah. Uh, but we were 30 minutes. We were 20 minutes from the university, 30 minutes from the actual city. Oh, that, that's a great location. I mean, Norman's a really cool town as far as 
you know, that kind of thing. I lived on the east side of Norman and you're minutes away from country. So it, it's really cool. We liked it. We lived there, like I said, for five years and we, we moved here. But that's why my older brother went to OU. He went back. Uh, the rest, me and my younger brother, Jack, is currently at Tech and he's graduating soon. And then my wife and I went to Texas, uh, to Tech. But Matt had all of his friends back in Oklahoma, decided to be a trader and went to OU. So <laughs> we, uh, we, his, my parents have a rule, they'll hang a flag for anybody who graduates from a school. So an OU flag does hang in the, uh, in the barn at our, at the little family uh, farmhouse. But I believe it should be hung upside down. If I had my way, we'd hang it upside down. And uh, we talk endless amounts to Matt, uh, especially during basketball season, which is, been a little bit more fun for us lately in baseball season than uh, what's been going on on the, the, the old gridiron. So if we, uh, if we turn back to 2015, you beat Texas, everyone's riding high, and you get a matchup with, for potentially Mahomes' first top 25 win against LSU. Yeah, that's... So that's a funny the the so uh, if you guys aren't aware the SEC selects who plays in what bowl game they have they're the only conference that does that where they pick who they want to play who and SEC fans will deny that and I don't know why it's documented we know it happens they don't hide that it happens they have a favorable bowl selection process where the SEC will take the recommendations of the school to determine where they want to play is it coincidence that Leonard Fournette ended up playing against a historically bad Texas Tech line. <laughs> of course not. Nobody with a pulse. You will not believe how many LSU fans argued with me till they were blue in the face about this. But there's no chance that was an accident. So we come into that game, and Tech is, that was a very good LSU team. That was a top 25 LSU team that was maybe a little underrated at 22. They were incredible defensively. They were very, very good offensively, just handing the ball off to Fournette and letting him work. There were no expectations we could win this game. Um, we went, I was fortunate enough to get to go to the game. LSU fans travel very well out from um, Baton Rouge and the surrounding Louisiana area. It's not hard to get to Houston. Game was at NRG. We tailgated. It was a blast. Uh, we got to the game. And I said, I mentioned this earlier, but this was an okay Texas Tech offensive line. They weren't phenomenal, but they, the, he, his 2016 offensive line was really bad. His 2015 one was okay. Uh, he had a lot more help with that unit than he did, but he was running for his life from the start of the game. I mean, LSU was all over him. They were the bigger, stronger, faster team across the board. And I remember Tech kept it close for a while, but after some point, it just became clear you can't tackle Fournette enough to even remotely be in this game because they run up the score in this game big time. And they dropped 50, and they did it handing the ball off. It's not like they're throwing it. They are handing the ball off the Fournette over and over and over again, and we couldn't stop him. But I remember what's most distinct from a Mahomes perspective is this is the game where he announced himself on the national level. Because until now, despite the win at Texas, there wasn't a lot about known about this kid if you weren't a Big 12 pundit. I mean, if you were a Tech fan, if you were someone in the Big 12, it was becoming apparent that this guy was all that. That he had the arm, he had the he was mobile enough to scamper around, and that he was could make special things happen that weren't normal. But this was the game where I remember um, Barrett Saley, the guy from BR who covers the SEC, their big national writer. I remember watching him live tweet the game while I was there, 
And I remember reading his tweets talking about Mahomes being a cheat code. And that's what I saw reiterated about basically across the nation. Because there wasn't much good that happened in this game for Tech. But one thing that was apparent was Mahomes is a literal cheat code. I mean, he was – this was where he gets the reputation for let's run 20 yards backwards, turn around and flick it and without looking and just see what happens. And he'd throw a 45-yard dime the other direction. I mean – this of all his performances, this is the one of the few where he played an all-around good defense and um, did it with very little help around him because his receivers were swallowed up all night. His running backs couldn't get traction. The defense couldn't stop Fournette, and he made it happen on his own. And it was special. It was fun to watch. I mean, there's you would have liked to compete in the game, but Mahomes didn't get to win much in his tech career, so you're going to take what you can get. And the moral victory here is about the only one to be found was, I don't think, Fournette was maybe the best player that night, but the number two was was Patrick Mahomes. And I would argue that if Fournette had to play a defensive pulse, it would have been Mahomes outright. Um, but this was a beatdown. Everybody knew it was going to be a beatdown. It was as one-handed, as you, one-sided as you could get after the second half. Um, they just took it to task. But this was... Mahomes became more than just kind of a Big 12 guy with this. He went to being a uh, a potential draft pick with this night. This is what did it for him. He went from being just, you know, a very good quarterback to could be something more than that, to being a great one. And this is, you go into the offseason after this loss, and now Cliff is a couple of years removed from his only eight-win season. Um, but he's he still hot. The ball, he were at seven wins. Yeah, he's still one of the most attractive men in all of, in all of athletics, potentially in the world. I mean, he's he's a cool dude. Coach Bro is everywhere um, still. There's still a lot of good energy around the program. It even as good as Patrick Mahomes is, was not able to sustain that in 2016, which is the crime of the century. Now it's overblown that Tecton Cliff should be blamed entirely for what happened with Mahomes, but. There is something to be said that he couldn't even string together bowl games with a kid this good. And when you get to 2016 and you think about this is draft year, this is make your money year. Mahomes is going to play and try to do everything he can to to make it decide if he's going to go pro or not. He but quits baseball, which is not really a big deal. He wasn't really invested in the team last year, but this is the full tilt. He's committed to football. He's all in. And the season it kind of falls off the rails really quickly. You beat up Stephen F. Austin pretty badly, but who cares? Who couldn't have done that? The Arizona game, Arizona State game, is remembered for the wrong reasons, if you're Mahomes. Because he's pretty good in this game. I think he throws one or two picks this night. But Arizona State, this is on the, the Kellen Ballage game, I believe is his name. Um, he runs for... Something like, and, and I could be exaggerating only a little here, but something like 600 all-purpose yards. I mean, he was he sets the NCAA record for for uh, for rushing touchdowns in this game. I think which was eight. And we could it was as, as bad as that sounds. It was worse to watch. I was drunk off my ass by the end of this game. We were at a friend's house with a little gathering, and we were going to start watching the game. But by about halftime of watching this kid just run all over us, everybody quit, and we were just drinking. I mean, we just drank and drank. Because you couldn't watch this. It was it was god-awful. Because Mahomes is good in this game. He keeps pace with a, a clearly uh, disadvantaged team. Tech stays on contact. But it, 
there's only so much you can think about the fact that Tech can score 50 and lose. But with Patrick Mahomes, it happens way more often than it should because it shouldn't happen at all. I think it happens two or three times this year. And that's that's hard. You know, I mean, you feel for him. It's one of the reasons Kansas City is, well, it's a great landing spot for him. It was almost cruel that he had to suffer through his MVP season ending because his defense couldn't stay on sides. Because all he did in college was be disappointed by a defense that couldn't stop a wet paper bag. Because the Arizona State game is the perfect example. Is if you put another quarter on the clock and you said, Tech, we're going to give you one more quarter, Arizona would have scored about another 30 and you still would have lost. Because nothing was getting better with more time. You didn't run out of time. You couldn't tackle him. That, so that's that funny. Really I think that Caleb Belage probably scored more points and ran for more yards than he had in his entire NFL career after that one game. I mean, everybody, that, that guy's been like a total oh, shit. NFL bust. Done it at half. I mean, this was, I mean, you guys remember the, the, the Arizona State offenses. They were very much, we're going to line up in the Wildcat like 50% of the time. I mean, he touched the ball damn near every play. This is a lot like the Sammy Watkins Clemson team where that their only play was to give Sammy Watkins the ball. Their only play this night was to turn around and hand it off to Bollish. And you know what the damnedest thing is? If you could have given us 20 guys in the field and they wouldn't have tackled him. There was nothing we could do to stop him. Because he touched it, he went for 20. I mean, he he it wasn't like you were tackling him for seven. It was they were clearing the field in leaps and bounds, just tossing the ball out to a fast kid. And as impressive as that was, this was an awful defense. And it sets the stage for what is a very, very bad year for Tech. Um, the four-win Davis-Webb year sucks, but oh well. You can argue that Mahomes was young, Webb was injured. This is a season where you start to see that Cliff Kingsbury is not a good college coach. Something's seriously wrong. Um, because you, you're not going to win a good – you're not going to get a good win this year. You're going to lose a lot of games that you should have won. And you're gonna you're gonna rattle off two quick wins, but you're gonna get into this Kansas State game, and this was another one where Tech, if I recall correctly, was ahead and then blows it. Um, and this is Bill Snyder's Kansas State Wildcats, who, by the way, I think at this game he walks by the Tech student section. My greatest regret is not trying to get his autograph. I love Bill Snyder, one of my favorite all-time uh, football coaches. Like He's this is team. another game. There's no reason you lose to that Kansas State team, but you did. Um, you're going to play, and then we're going to get to the game that everybody thinks about soon, but you got West Virginia between that, and this is one of the few games this year where you just got pounded. If I remember right, Mahomes is dinged up. Because um, he's been good all year. He's consistently good. One of the big misconceptions about Patrick Mahomes is that he threw a lot of picks in college. For the amount Tech leaned on him, he didn't. Because um, I think there's the misconception that the air raid offenses were good around him. They were in 2015. In 2016, the team sucked. They were bad everywhere. Horrible offensive line, no running backs. Receiving core was decent, but nowhere near what it had been. And as a result, he is a one-man army. Every point you see scored on the board, almost all of them are as a result of what Patrick Mahomes does. So he, it, it's his Texas Tech team. It's him versus the 22 guys on the other side of the field. And if he had gotten any help from any direction, it might have been enough. Because, um, oh, he's the receiver for the Texans now. Is is the primary target this year. Little Kiki QT. Kiki. Is the primary target. 
Um, and he's a great receiver, don't get me wrong, but there's not a lot around him. And even as good as the receiving court might have been, the offensive line was really, really bad. He is hit and beat up constantly. Despite all that, though, he really didn't throw a ton of picks. I mean, his usage rate, I don't know if it's a stat-tracked in football, but the amount of times Cliff Kingsbury just said, fuck it, we're going to let you go do what you want to do, had to have been an infinite amount. I mean, I don't even know if we called plays to some degree. After a while, it really was just Mahomes. They're going to break through the front of your line, and you're going to go run around for a little. And if you don't throw it to no, if you can't find anybody to throw it to, you're going to have to run it because uh, he's not mobile. I mean, everybody's found this out now. He's kind of quick. He has a little bit of shiftiness to him, but he's not fast. He's really not fast. And still, despite that, a little bit of a pretty decent segment of the offense relied on him just scrambling for yardage. Um, if he gotten any help, any help at all, this might have turned out differently. But we're through West Virginia, and things are really – the wheels are off. Um, nobody had any expectations for the rest of the year at this point. I mean, you've already dropped three games. You lost two that you shouldn't have, and you got blasted in the third. And you're coming into the revenge game with Baker. The only reason this was a big game, the only reason at all, was because it was Baker's return trip to, to Lubbock. Because the Baker saga is worthy of its own four-hour podcast. But the the reality of the situation is Baker was not liked in Lubbock, and he didn't like Lubbock And at this stage. This was the the storyline in the game. Was Cliff's, bear, uh, Clint, uh, Cliff's heir apparent, Mahomes, versus the guy that everybody thought would end up in the role. And... Um, all right, hate was before real. we like get really said, fired up on this, this yeah. one's near and dear to my heart. I'm going to get another beer. So I don't know if you need another drink or if we all need to do another I'll, shot. I'll, I'll pause. Like, I feel like this is the uh, this is one of the meccas of, yeah. you know, yeah, it may not be a, the true mecca, but this was a game of games. So let's take some time. And let's yeah, I'll run to the restroom again and refill. Yeah. I think this is a, this is the, 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 of all the Mahomes shit, this is the one everybody knows. Yeah, intermission. Good call, P2. I just went. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Joe, I, I'm trying to Google this. What big game was this night? Because I did not watch this game because something else was on. Uh, something else was on. Oklahoma was playing. I'll find it. <laughs> Uh, could have been Ohio State, Penn State. That's when Penn State beat Ohio State. Yes, that's yes. it. I was at I was at a wedding. I was at a wedding. That, I was at a also, wedding. That also helps. And we walked into the bar after the reception, literally within minutes of Penn State blocking the field goal and returning it. That was it. Yeah, that was so that year I was uh, that was the first wedding. So I'm like a wedding officiant. That was the first wedding that I ever did. It was oh, like really? Yeah, my my old boss and then she married her partner. And uh, that was that night. And we were at a bar and I, I kept going, oh, wait. <laughs> 
hilarious. Yeah, that was that was that night. That makes that makes uh that makes a lot more sense. I remember it being on. I remember it being insane. Did not watch any of it. All I remember is betting the over because the over under was like ninety six or something. Yeah, and you ran through that, yeah. Kyle. It was it was the night we were both at weddings, which is why we don't remember it. Uh, it's okay. the night Penn State blocked the field goal against Ohio State, took it to the house, and that brought Penn State. Good thing Jeremy's not here, so we don't have to talk about that. But uh, actually, I don't think he knew Penn State existed that at that point. So no, I didn't care then. Yeah. What is that? This is beer my friend gave me. It's the 903 Brewery All Bitter IPA, a true West Coast IPA made in North Texas. So, supposedly, really good. Haven't had it. Excellent. He actually gave me two beers I haven't had. He was a pro brewer for a while, works for me now. Um, awesome. But he's he's a really good dude. Awesome. We brewed together a lot back before he became pro brewer and all that fun stuff. I need to pick up some beer tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to get. I think I'm going to check a beer into untapped. I've been on untapped for so long that I have a name on there, like a username that people probably would like to buy, but now it's a thing i didn't even know what it was somebody's like you just sign up for this thing i'm like well, how do i do what okay Ooh, that is good what have you uh brewed recently do you have anything going um well i brewed the the beer that we brewed this year that we tried really hard on and entered into our blue bonnet brew off competition it scored really really well like it was one of the, it was probably fourth place out of a flight of 50 beers. Uh, we didn't medal, but the judges scores were 43, which is out of basically you got out of 50 points, but 45 is probably the max you'll ever score. So uh, 43 is pretty awesome. And the people that were judging it were judges that I've known for a long time. And they're really good. So yeah, we didn't medal, but we did really well on that one. But otherwise, since we've moved out here, I haven't had a chance to brew. So it's been about five months since I've brewed anything. Uh, but me and my brew buddy are going to get together here shortly because we're finally ready to go. Weather's not snowmageddon apocalypsing anymore. You know, that was crazy. You lost all your power down there, Michael? For the storm? Yeah, yeah. we lost crazy. We lost it. Um the first day we were okay, and then it, I think it was Tuesday, we lost power about a day and a half. Um, I ended up just going into the office the next day because I needed to get work done, and I, we lived so close. But uh, it was pretty fun until we lost power, but then obviously we joined the, the ranks of the, the millions without, and that sucked. But we kind of got lucky. There were groceries. There was a Specs near us that stayed open, and I went and bought some brats, and we we just cooked those up and ate it. So we didn't have any too many problems um and we got power back that next day around noon so it could have been a lot worse we we were i knew people who they lost power for three days their pipes burst and one of my friends that happened to his gas meter burst into flames all in the same three day span so there was there was some shit that went on during that storm that we were fortunate to avoid
All right, I'm breaking out the peach chiller now. We're we're really up in the, the nice. class in this, uh, this oh, scenario. Hell yeah. hell yeah. That looks like something you get at like a gas station. It was bought at a the Tiger oh, Express, which it looks like a gas station which without is the a pump, gas station. So <laughs> it it looks like one of those, you know, those like seventy cent things of the different colors with like the oh, I don't know. I I'll, I'll find a Google thing, but they're like basically just sugar kids drinks, like little like that's what it looks like. I can't oh, remember yeah. what they're called. Plastic tap things or plastic covered things. Yeah. They're strong and I'll drink them and they were cheap. So I've bought a couple of them. I like it. That's her second peach drink. Levi likes what? Peach schnapps. Yeah. I don't know. Peach something in the morning. So two peach drinkers. I can get you guys a peach drink. I don't know what it is. I I can I don't eat peach, but I can I can do it now, Paul. I was looking at the uh, last page in the show sheet, and it reminded me where did Michael Crabtree dream it? <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, Kyle, this is oh. this is all you. Oh, I remember that that the uh, and it, it was the uh, I dreamed it in my mind thing after the I uh, dreamed it in my head. I dreamed it in my head. When they beat Texas, like when Texas crazy beat person. Texas, yeah, I remember that. That interview is one of the better ones ever done. Like that, and um, was it the Michigan State kicker who ran down the field doing the windmill arm after they asked him? So what would happen? Well, I lined it up and I, I fucking drilled it. Yeah, on, like national TV. <laughs> it's like all right. Oh uh, yeah, Crabtree was so excited. He explained to everybody that the place that he dreamed that event happening was in his head. <laughs> As opposed to oh, another man. different that place. Game, you think it. that game has gone anywhere. It has not. It is brought up often in love. It was a great game. During Tech's, like, that, they were at the top of the top for where they had ever gotten. And I can remember yelling and screaming at the TV. It was insane. It was such a great, that was a great football game. Yeah, it was, was. It was all that. It was all as advertised. Yeah, I was high school having a. My parents were out of town having a high school party, and we all ended up just watching that instead of trying to play jerky games. Nope, just Texas Tech. <laughs> it was. It was all. We were. I was actually probably rooting for Texas at the time, but I remember that game because I, I wasn't a big. I didn't become like a super sports fan for a while until really high school, but I remember that game in particular standing out when we were. That and OU losing to Boise State were the two I remember when I was younger taking the most seriously. That old Boise State game, we were in Norman. We were the only people in Norman, Oklahoma, rooting for Boise State to win. And we were losing our shit. And we woke up my mom, who had gone to bed because we were screaming at the TV so loud that she came in to watch the end of that game. But that game was, there are a few games that were as good as advertised. That was one of them. That was a game that, when you really think of the blunders of all blunders, um, yes, there was the situation where you had like the uh, Statue of Liberty play, a couple of trick plays. They were great trick plays, by the way. Awesome. And at the end, all we had to do was run down the field and kneel the ball three times and kick a field goal and we win. But instead, Adrian Peterson just trucks everybody and runs into the end zone and gets a touchdown to allow Boise State to come back and score the Statue of Liberty play. Like, uh, 
All you got to do is just not go score, dude. <laughs> don't be so good. Tech lost a game this last season because of that. That's how we lost to Texas. Yeah. Uh, so Roderick Thompson falls down at the eight-yard line. Tech kneels it out and wins by two touchdowns. Mm. Brutal. You got to be smart. Brutal. Oh, sports. So, Kyle, we will let you lead it in. This fateful oh. night in October 2016, Oklahoma heads down to Lubbock. So, Oklahoma. Here's revenge game. Oklahoma is looking for some revenge. There's not really any revenge. It's only Baker looking for revenge because I'm pretty sure I was looking at the last page on the show script and the last three years, uh, you know, Tech had lost to Oklahoma. So it, was a, it wasn't a time that it was a back and forth. There were several years where it was back and forth. But Oklahoma going there was a Baker story. This was Baker's first time back to Tech, right, where he was the starting quarterback. And now he's finally getting to start in tech where he felt like he was miffed or somehow otherwise uh, mistreated. Um, and now he was going to go try to do his thing. And I, for one, was very worried about that tech offense led by Mahomes because Mahomes is insane. And so I never, I never went in there going, oh, yeah, Oklahoma is going to just trounce this game as an OU fan. I went in there very trepid. I thought that this was going to be a rough game, and it you know it could it could go poorly. I did not think it would be what it would be. Yeah, I mean, this was like I said, this game in the the grand scheme of Tech season meant a lot in the sense that. If there was any hope Tech was going to salvage a decent year, it had to happen that that night. This is one of the few night games Mahomes, I think actually it might have been the only true night game he gets in Lubbock. If I'm looking, let me look at our little handy-dandy time kickoffs. Yeah, I don't think he gets another night game in Lubbock besides this one. Um, so this is the one true night game he gets to play. The story is Baker, um, Baker and Cliff. Uh, like I said, this the, the the saga that was that is depending on you ask wildly different, and depending on who you ask, um, will determine how much anger goes into the discussion. But they didn't like each other. Um, there was a lot of bad blood, and while OU was expected to win, this was not a game that you just felt like if Tech was ever going to do it, you know, if Tech was ever going to get another upset in the Cliff era, if Cliff was going to bring back the mystique of coming to Tech and playing. It was going to have to happen that night. And unfortunately for, for Tech, the game, it became apparent that the game was going to be whose defense was just a little bit better than the others. Because I've watched a lot of football, uh, Tech football. There have been games there, and there are a lot of games in the Mahomes era where the defense was bad. This is one of their worst performances, period. The Arizona State games is headline grabbing, but Joe Mixon, I think, ends up with 300 all-purpose yards. Now, Baker Mayfield is who OU fans point to. A lot of them will point to and say, that's the guy who deserves credit. So you're out of the situation is he could have turned around and handed it off, and the outcome would have been the same. Joe Mixon was the best player on the field for OU that night. He was phenomenal. He was everywhere. The one-handed grab. I mean, he was just, he was all, this was um, um, the other OU back that year. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he was out for this game. Shoot, I'll remember, but the the regular starter was out, so Joe Mixon took over full full time duty, and he was just incredible. 
Baker was very good, don't get me wrong, but he was thrown to wide open receivers. Tech never seriously challenged OU defensively. Um, I mean, they just, Baker had all day to throw and he's throwing to wide open receivers. So the, the, the question was going to be, is this Mahomes going to keep pace? Because we're not stopping OU. It's not going to happen. Just, just no chance in hell we're going to stop OU more than once or twice this entire game. I don't know if they forced a punt. I don't think so. But this was a bad football game if you wanted to watch any semblance of defense. Because, no, OU could not really stop Mahomes. Mahomes would throw a couple picks, which would basically prove to be the difference in the game. Um, but he was incredible all night. I think he scored twice on the ground. He would throw more deep balls than I've ever seen a quarterback ever pull off in a game. He was he broke the NCAA single-game passing yardage, and I want to say touchdown total touchdowns as well. He was all that. It was it was if you're an offensive guy, the game was as good as advertised in the sense that this was the peak of the no defense Big Twelve. Um, this was the, the the culmination of all of that noise for one game. There was no defense played at all. And the the thing that why I think the game is underrated for a degree for Mahomes is because Mahomes had nothing. His receivers were not open. His line could not block. I mean, OU was after him early and often. They blitzed. They did everything they could to get him on the ground. It was him against the Oklahoma Sooners, and he kept pace. And he put Tech in a position to win the game. What's crazy to think about is OU has the ball up one touchdown with three minutes left. Tech needs a singular stop, and I guarantee they can make it to overtime. There's no chance OU stops Mahomes on the return trip, and they couldn't do it. Had him, I think, at third and one with a minute something left after Tech burned its last time out. And you just remember thinking, there are games where you think your team's going to get a third and short stop. This was not one of them. You knew as soon as he got there, he was over. <laughs> I mean, they were, they, it was that kind of night. Joe Mixon was untouchable. I think what's funny is he broke that, he broke that run for like seven yards. I mean, it was just, it was one of those, we knew who had the ball. We even really could guess where he was running, and he still ran for seven. So it was a despicable defensive effort, but was Mahomes as good as everybody thinks he was? I think he was even better. I think that game's underrated. I think people forget how incredibly bad Tech is this year, and they tend to just lump this up into, wow, the air raid quarterbacks played each other. Baker was good. Joe Mixon was even better. Mahomes was a touch above the rest. He did everything himself this night. And OU was the better team, and that's what showed in the end. They were the all-around, more well-rounded team. They had a little bit more defense and a lot more offensive weapons to lean on, and it showed. They were they were also better coached. Cliff wasn't – Cliff's known for being an offensive game caller, but there were moments in his career that you could tell that um, he didn't know how to handle being a head coach in nights like this. He didn't know what to do when he couldn't find anything around his offense to help. Because, uh, I mean, all, like I said, it, it it wasn't a game where you thought last person with the ball wins. It's a game where you think first stop wins. You know, if you can get one, you're in a position to win the game. And, oh, you got a couple. Mahomes maybe earning his reputation as a gunslinger a little tonight throws, I think, two bad picks. But I got I, – I mean, the game lives on in college football as a myth just because of the absurd offense. But I think that misses out on how, how crazy this game was. I mean, nobody could stop anybody. Mahomes was a one-man army. Joe Mixon was a one-man army. Baker was shooting ducks out there. I mean, they, they it was – I've never seen a game where I've thought start to finish 
if you saw a tackle for less than 15 yards, that was a that you stood up and clapped. I mean, it was they were that was the kind of game where if you could cut catch the running back in the backfield, not tackle because they didn't do much of that in the backfield. But if you hit him at the line and he fell forward for four, that was a your you've got your defensive coordinator uh, celebrating on the sideline, throwing his clipboard because you they, they, it just didn't happen all night. Um, it is one of the wilder football games in history. And it is one of the craziest to think about in hindsight, just because of, for one really crazy night, you know, you had two future NFL quarterbacks set off. You had a future NFL running back. You had a future NFL coach. And you have one of the all-time great programs um, in OU leaning on against a, a program like Tech at, at night in the Jones AT&T Stadium, known for being the place dumb shit happens. And for one night, they lived up to it. It was everything everybody wanted it to be. Because um, there was no reason this game shouldn't be a blowout. As good as Mahomes was, this is a very good OU team. Um, and a very, very good OU offense. And Tech was reeling in a big way. But for one night, if you want to talk about the legend of Mahomes, it's it's the night where everybody in the world, I think, had to admit, you know, if, if we watch this kid's film, there's more to it than the air raid. And for Baker and Joe Mixon and company, there was there's that moment where um, they can claim victory for people who believe that Baker left because he couldn't compete. That's when they claim victories this night because it it had a little bit for everybody. The only thing that matters at the end of the day is who wins the game. But um, it was a crazy atmosphere start start to finish. And well, I think back on it as being an all, overall bad football game because you can't play 50% of a football game and think it's good because there was only 50% of the things supposed to happen happening. But if you want to think about it in terms of the actual performance on the field, if you just look at the offenses, it might've been one of the better offensive games played of all time. And there have been higher scoring games and there have been better all around offenses up against each other, but it, it's kind of just nuts to think back on just how dumb it was for Mahomes to do what he did. I mean, the, the, the touchdown numbers are stupid. The Baker's completion rate is ridiculous. It's something like 80% in this game. Joe Mixon's yardage is nuts. Mahomes has two rushing touchdowns in this game. Why? Why would that ever need to be a thing, and why was it a thing? <laughs> and they had it for one night where he he's scrambling for touchdowns and running speed options to the left, and it was... It had a little bit from everybody. If you're a con if you're just a normal regular old fan, not really that into either team, I think you got to watch a show put on by two guys that you could tell were going to go pro. And uh, if you had a, a rooting interest in the game at nothing else, even though Tech lost, it was it was truly it was truly the kind of game that it entertained from start to finish. I mean, I think it was pretty clear early on that OU was better and was going to win, but. Tech fought and kept in it, and Mahomes did everything he could to win the game. And of all of the great crimes in Tech's uh, career with Mah Mahomes' career at Tech, this is the biggest crime. If they had been able to do anything defensively, Tech would have earned what would have been the biggest upset of Kingsbury's career, would have been a massive marquee win, would have changed the nature of the season, and would have maybe changed whether or not Cliff survives in Lubbock. There's several of those games in his tenure. This is one of them. But the story of Texas Tech with Mahomes is they are, I mean, it was it was like watching a high school football team try to tackle a college team out there. I mean, oh, you just ran them to death. And 
you live with the results, but we got some fun at there are some fun stats from that game. And I mean, if if you gotta lose, at least you wanna lose close and at least you want it to be a story. And I think that you got you got that out of that game. Um it's not the way I think it should have I, I would have hoped it went, but if I could my what I remember most about that night is just thinking that Patrick Mahomes should be allowed to slap Cliff Kingsbury for assembling the defense around him. Like that, he should have been allowed to just backhand on the sideline because it was awful. You're as a head coach, and the reason why I thought Kingsbury was going to fail in the NFL, and he still might, and jury's not out, but it's because you have one job, and that is to put together the best surrounding talent. And when it came to recruiting, he's on record as saying, I didn't take it that seriously, didn't like it. And it showed because OU took it seriously and they, they put their best foot forward. And even though those OU defenses were pretty all uh, pretty awful themselves, they were just a little bit better. And that's all that mattered. But that's one of those nights where as a player, I would have not talked to anybody on the rest of the team for about a week. Uh, I just would have walked away and just had to like sit quietly by myself to avoid from just throwing hands with somebody. Um, hilariously enough, after the Arkansas game in 2014, Tech fired its defensive coordinator for uh, doing unknown substances on campus. And I am surprised that didn't happen again after the Oklahoma game. Because uh, if I was a defensive coordinator for Texas Tech that night, I don't remember. I think it was, it wasn't Gibbs, it was the guy right before him. But Tech would end up replacing this guy. But if I was him, I would have done a ton of cocaine and gone and watched film. Because you're not going to learn anything <laughs> from this. But at least you cannot hurt badly during. But I got to say, it, I don't like Baker Mayfield. But for on this night, he was as good as anybody could have hoped. He was near perfect. He didn't. He did. He handed the ball off to Joe Mixon, who was perfect, and he didn't miss when his guys were open. And they were open a lot. And. Uh, and I don't know. You got to I mean, think I, about the, the tight the end that was playing there, which was Mark Andrews, who goes on to be. Yeah, a, I mean, it's just it's just crazy how many guys would end up going pro out this game. And what was it wasn't if other than the Baker revenge story, it's not a big game. OU was supposed to win. There was Mahomes was getting a little bit of draft hype, but there still wasn't. You know, he wasn't a projected first rounder. Baker was pretty comfortably going to be in the NFL. Joe Mixon, eh. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think I had heard some about, but not much. But all these guys would end up going using this night to really be a bit more um, than they were. I mean, even now, every year we play Oklahoma, this game will be brought up, and that that's it's it's going to live on in the lore of Texas Tech as long as the university continues to play OU, just because it's it's just insane. And every time Baker and Mahomes play, I mean, you guys seeing the stuff that comes up every year they, they meet in, on the, in the NFL, completely unrelated to anything going on there. And you still got guys tweeting about the last time they, they played in college. So it was, it's a special game. It maybe lives on for the wrong reasons, but it was, if you're an OU fan, it, you can claim there's a lot to love out of the game. If you're a tech fan, there's a lot to love out of that game. There's enough for everybody that I think that's why it makes it so attention grabbing. Beyond the fact that the Baker hate story is just great news, you know, it's just a great story. My my favorite thing is the quantity of passes. So, do you remember the like any stats about how many passes Baker threw and how many passes Mahomes threw that game? I think Baker was at thirty because he was incredibly efficient. He was incredibly efficient. Mahomes, I think, broke sixty. 
I think it was like nearly 100 total balls were thrown in the game. It was insane. I I may be wrong, but I thought it was like 85 passes that Mahomes threw. Something something ridiculous. It could have been just, even more. He I felt like he if if it was a baseball game, we might be need to bring in the reliever. Like we're almost at our pitch count. And this is why I think it's an underrated thing for Mahomes because it can't there's just just the sense that the system is why Mahomes could do what he did at Tech. But he really it was a one man band this 2016 season. It was him, Kiki QT, and then a bunch of guys nobody's ever heard from since. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of these guys even ended up in the pros as backups. I mean, this this was a very not good tech team. And Mahomes that's why I'm saying like it's ridiculous that he has to run two rushing touchdowns in. The least mobile quarterback possible. I think he ran for like 60 yards in this game. I mean, he, if Tech needed to dial something up, this is how they did it. And on the OU side, if Baker was insanely efficient this night. I think he finished with like an 80 plus percent completion rate. I mean, it just it speaks to one Baker's the caliber that break of Baker's accuracy and also how bad the defensive backs were. They were just everywhere. They were our, the OU receivers just everywhere running wide open and the defensive backs were playing like, you know, it was like you, know, you watch pictures of like kids playing with their dad. You know, like four little pre preschoolers like trying to tackle one guy. It's kind of what it looks like for most of the night defensively. But I mean, it's just it. This game, it's mind-boggling some of the stuff that because Mahomes throws a billion a billion passes, Mixon runs, it racks up a, a billion yards. Baker throws for I think he still broke three hundred odd yards passing, nearly four hundred. I mean, it's just the offensive display put on is something so unique, and I don't know if we'll ever see it again at this high of a level because I think I think it's something like over twelve hundred yards of total offense. Um, you know, over 100 points scored. And all this, mind you, Mahomes throws two picks in this game. I mean, it's not like he was perfect in the game. He didn't have the world's greatest completion percentage. He did all this mostly in chunk yardage. He was in a lot of, like, third and 20s and throwing it downfield to guys on doorstep into the end zone. I mean, this was the game where there were plenty of situations where OU thought they had him dead to rights and he would chuck it downfield. Baker had an easier time of the night. He was dinking and dunk he was he was picking apart everything tech threw at him defensively it was easy for OU I mean they were just far better than tech's defense Mahomes was doing it alone and was really he was up against it for a lot of the night and he was not healthy for a lot of this year he wasn't a hundred percent this particular evening this was just an all-around all-world performance from the offenses and uh, as much as Patrick gets credit for and as much as Baker gets credit for it in hindsight, I think that the game's underrated by everybody. I just think that, like, there's no – it gets so lost in all the noise about the crazy stats. It's the freaking – like, somebody did that. And, like, can you think about what it actually looked like to watch that live? This was a five-hour game. It took forever. This game never ended. This game – it was, like, midnight or some nonsense before we found out who won this game. And it was a late kickoff. It was – this is one of those games where people who argue that college football needs a, a shorter halftime, they hold up as, like, the example because, you know, this can happen. You can have this happen right here. But I'd like to say it was fun, but I only think it's fun if you win. So, you know, I can't I can't fully uh, accept that. But I think if you're an OU fan, it probably is more all good vibes in hindsight than it was for the tech guys who feel like it was wasted. I mean, it was it was a good game, but I'm I'm one of those that I thought the Boise State Oklahoma game was good too. You know, I mean, so 
I am one of those weird ones that I can take my losses. Um, you know, I don't want them. <laughs> I'll take the other ones <laughs> before I take those losses. But, you know, when you have a good game, you have a good football game. And it's just, to me, that's what it's all about. I want really good football games. And that one, I, that one was neat. I think this game was it was the pinnacle of, like I said, it's it's the number, it's the accumulation of the Big 12 as a no-defense conference. But even more than that, this was the pinnacle of what college football met in the era. Um, this was the the air raid and the spread plus, whatever the hell you want to call these offenses, because nobody runs the air raid, but a few select guys run a true air raid. And even under, Tech, even under Kingsbury, Tech didn't really run a true air raid. But um, whatever you want to call this, this was the proof of concept that there is almost no chance that defenses can stop what we do if we do it at the highest level. And uh, it this game, it has, if you're an offensive player in this game and you looked bad, you weren't trying. So, I mean, there's nothing but, if you put, if you get film out of this game that isn't 100% positive, then you probably tripped and fell at some point. I don't know, <laughs> because nobody tackled you. Nobody tackled you, nobody blocked. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of, of, of nonsense. Because what's funny about this is you follow this up with the TCU game, the double overtime 27-point TCU game, and it's really, really jarring. Mahomes was not good against TCU. This was a big homecoming game for him. His dad was in attendance. There were a lot more Tech fans than TCU fans there because TCU fans suck and blow. But uh, <laughs> to their own game, so Tech takes over a lot of the time, and they took over this night. It was not a very good TCU team. I think this was the Kenny Trill era at TCU, so they were not great. Kenny Thrill. He was a uh, good lord. I mean, I, I don't know if Gary Patterson was okay with I don't know how that kid ended up playing, wanting to play for Gary Patterson. Seems like a total opposite of personality. But right. you follow this up with a double overtime game, and Mahomes is not good. And Tech's defense was very good in this game. Now, part of that was um, uh, Mr. Kenny over there was not particularly a great quarterback, and this was a bad TCU offense. But they were much better in this game. And it's just – it was such a shocker to go into Fort Worth and win a true defensive battle like that after what had happened at OU. Because it's the only one Tech wins under uh, with Mahomes. They never win another defensive show. Every other game, the offense basically needed the de- needed the defense just get a couple stops to win. And um, this one night, they didn't need it. It was a 27-24 double overtime game. It was as close a contest you can be. And I just like mentioning it because it's just wild to think about that Tech was able to hold somebody under 30. And how embarrassing it is for any offense that didn't score at least 30 against this Tech defense. But then you you drop a close one to Texas. That one was rough. I thought Tech had that one all the way to the end. Um, that was the uh... oh that game had everything. I think this was the game that has the uh, the fumble at the goal line returned to the end zone for Tech, and then it was reviewed and it should have been ruled out at the one, but they gave him the touchdown anyways. And then Tech chokes away a late lead and just moral of my freaking life at, in in Lubbock they couldn't hold a lead and. Blows this game. Um, Oklahoma State is brutally awful. Tech gets a get rolled, leads this big comeback, and you fall because aim. You can see the score there is 44-45. They missed the extra point in tying touchdown. Missed it, just shanked it. And it was a kid at Tech who was a very good kicker. Was a very good kicker. And I don't know if he missed an extra point more than one or two in his career, and he missed that one. And 
It's lost another opportunity. So you can see what's stacking up here for Patrick Mahomes at Tech is just he had all these games where he put the university in position to win and somebody let him down. There were very few of these where he could trust his teammates to get the job done for him. Um, and this season in particular, I mean, how, how many of these games? We got OU's decided by a touchdown, Arizona State 13 points, touchdown at Kansas State, um, touchdown at Texas, one point at Oklahoma State. You got two games where Tech just gets whooped this year. They got whooped by West Virginia and absolutely smoked by a bad Iowa State team. That caused some bowl eligibility. But, I mean, it's just it, – it, it's why I think – it's what I how I know Mahomes is a good dude is that he can still love tech despite this. The fact that he bothers to to care about the university just about how badly this team and program let him down is just a testament to his good graces. Because if I was him, I would have been done. I mean, I would have walked, I would have walked the fuck out the door and just been like, you know what, <laughs> these guys screwed me left and right. Time to go get paid because I mean they didn't do anything for him, but he. He loves tech and he loves the university and all that, despite a lot of letdowns. Because I mean, that Iowa State game, he's hurt, hurt, not just a little hurt. I think he he's playing with a hurt ankle and I want to say a hurt wrist at this point. He either dislocates or separates his shoulder in this game. I don't remember which. Not his throwing arm, but his non-throwing arm. So he's in a lot of pain and he comes back at halftime and continues to play. It's thirty to like three at halftime. I mean, it's a blowout by halftime. Um, um, oh crap! This is the 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 wonder kid from Iowa State. He was the quarterback who changed the linebacker, and then <laughs> they ran like direct snap wildcat offense and just ran right at Tech, who couldn't tackle this kid. Guy who had done nothing in his entire Iowa State career ran for like four hundred yards. It was bonkers. It was bl- yeah. brutally cold in Ames. They they didn't look like they wanted to be there. Bowl eligibility is on the line, but it looked like they didn't care. Mahomes was the only guy trying, and it showed. He played hurt. He played with a lot of heart, but it didn't matter. The team wasn't with him that day. Then you get to Baylor, and this is the this ends up being the last game of the Mahomes era, but it's maybe the most important because there's nothing left to play for here. Baylor's decent, not great, not terrible, but they're nowhere near the Art Bryles wonder teams, but they're not the old Baylor where you could just roll them. And he dices them to pieces. He's playing dinged up. He's hurt. There's nothing left. The team knows there's nothing left. They're playing. This is this dumbass um, neutral site garbage where they're playing in Jerry World for no reason. No, nobody's at this game. There's nobody watching. There's nobody in the stands. And he just completely decimates this Baylor team. And he he's it's almost otherworldly. He makes it all look easy. It looks like a guy having fun, which it did not happen a lot this year because he was not, um, he didn't play in a lot of fun games. This was one where he looked like he was having fun. Tech wins easily and handily. I remember Tech is blowing Baylor out. Now, we've blown a lot of leads, but what struck me the most is Tech's up like 20 at halftime, and then they're still up about 20 in the third quarter. And I remember the announcers are just talking about how, you know, Baylor could get back into this game at any minute. I was like, well, shit, that's an indictment of what Tech's doing. Because how many teams would think, you know what, we're going to choke a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter and expect anybody to just be like, yeah, that tracks. We think that could happen. That, that, that's <laughs> something that's normal. <laughs> that was who Tech was, and they just buried him. I mean, Holmes just buried him in an avalanche. I think he throws for 500 yards in this game, and he just tortures him. And this is his coming out into the draft world. This is where he makes it clear to everybody in the entire world, 
draft don't draft me at your own peril um this was a special performance for a guy who had a lot of them and it's maybe his best as a red raider which is crazy because he sets all the records against ou and he does all this other stuff throughout his very very storied career but i mean it leaves tech fans with a sour taste in their mouth because it's one of those games where everything came together the defense was passable the coaching was good the the offensive line blocked well the receivers caught balls the running backs ran hard and the sour taste is just that if Mahomes has gotten his team to buy in and play like this most of the, his career, they could have been, he could have had an eight-win year. I mean, that's sad, but he could have had one where he wins eight freaking games and doesn't have to wait till he gets to Kansas City to taste true success. But, you know, this is a game where I think these the Ames and the Baylor game tell you a lot about Mahomes because there was very little left to play for, and he never stopped swinging. And he had the draft ahead of him. He had his money to go make, and he never quit on the program. So the, my big credit to him as a as just a football guy is these two games because this is this is him being, you know what? There, I'm I'm gonna compete even if we're playing for the Tiddly Winks World Championship. You know, we're we're gonna go win if we can. There you have it. That is the story, and these are the college football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CFB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. At the bare minimum, I said this at the beginning, but it, if the show's got to be a circus, at least let it be a fun one, and it was a fun one. He he made it entertaining to watch, even though you knew you were going to lose, but, you know, you live with that sometimes. It could be worse. We could be Kansas. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask a final question, but the fact that you ended on that, yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's a winner. That's the best ending possible. <laughs> But there's another place, if you've got a little bit of change to spend, the uh, the Double Nickel, it's the number one steakhouse in London. Double Nickel. That's uh, awesome. That's an awesome name. <laughs> it's got, it's $50 steaks. You know, it's a great, great place, but not not your your college kid vibe. That's going to be, you're, you're, you're going to see a lot of the older guys, you know, your, uh, your big tech uh, donors come in. If you're a barbecue dude, though, and you get to Lubbock early, and I mean really early, because you got to be at this place at least 45 minutes before it opens, and it opens about 11, is Evie Mays. It's the number one or number two barbecue place in the country. Um, it's actually in uh, Friendship, so you do have to drive a little bit, and that's why I say you got to be there early. But if you're coming in for the day, it's they'll give you free beer while you stand in line. You just hang out. It takes it's one of those joints. They cook up X amount of food, and they'll sell out by 2 o'clock. So you got to be there to get in line early, but we did that once. And that was, that's a fun, you know, it's this people come in by pound of brisket, two pounds of brisket kind of deal. And you take it back to wherever you're going to be and hang out with your tailgate. But that's a fun one is to do as well. I think that's, if I was going to do it again, if I was going to go, that's probably what I'd do. I'd go grab that and hang out somewhere and watch the festivities unfold around the stadium. That's awesome. Uh, what's that hand sign that coach bro is hanging up?
Guns up. It's a, it's a weak guns up, but it is. <laughs> it's a weak guns up. You're getting a better one from the girl on his left, but both of them, it's it, it's not supposed to be straight up like an L. It's supposed to be curved, but you're he he's giving you one of these a little, and you know, you go, come on, Cliff, sell it a little harder. Uh, he, he's I hot. Think, it's okay. He's, I think he's. Hot. I don't think he's. I don't think he's focusing on. Yeah. Uh, on the yeah. guns up. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.